Welcome to the O'Reilly Security Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Nash. In this episode, I talk with Allison Miller, Product Manager for Secure Browsing at Google, and my co-host of the O'Reilly Security Conference, which is returning to New York City this fall. We discuss the importance of having an event focused solely on defense, what we're looking forward to this year, and some notable ideas and topics from the call for proposals. On that note, the CFP just opened, and if you think you have an idea worth sharing with your fellow defenders, please do submit a proposal at conferences.oreilly.com security. Enjoy the show, but be warned, there will be bad puns. Hi, Allie. Hey, Courtney. So we're going to do this again. We're going to do this security I conference know. thing again. Year two, take two. Well, I'm super excited. Not only is it New York in the fall, which everyone knows is amazing, um, but uh, it was super incredibly fun the first time around as inaugural events tend to go. And I want to get your thoughts before I say anything more about what I liked about that first event. On how things went last year? Yeah. What do you think? Well, yeah. Well, I I mean, I had high expectations going in. I'm not going to lie. And so I was very nervous because when you have kind of high expectations going in, it's easy to get disappointed. But it was sublime. I am, I am so pleased with how it went. I mean, I thought that the speakers, many of whom I hadn't heard from before at other events, they all delivered. They, every, every talk that I saw was great. The audience was engaged. There was excellent hallway con. And I really appreciated some of the things that happened that kind of made the event special. Like the, uh, you know, we had a little, it was over Halloween. It's over Halloween again. So we had a little kind of Halloween theme. I thought that was really nice. There were really nice mixers. I mean, part of what I get out of any security event is being able to speak with people and meet new people, but it actually can be really hard to meet people in a conference setting because everyone's on their way somewhere. So yeah. while you might bump to your friends, how do you meet new people? And so I thought that that, that was a really, I, I wasn't expecting that, but that ended up being a really nice takeaway. The major takeaway though, and thing that I appreciated was that when we started this adventure, we... <laughs> took kind of a risk because we said, hey, we're going to focus on the defender, the folks who are protecting the users in the system. And the thing that I heard um, from others sort of over and over again is, how are you going to make a whole agenda out of that? Uh, right. Because as that's... if there's not enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, it's usually one track at a major security event or a handful of talks on authentication or yeah. sim technology and they they can get pitchy some of right. those some of those talks um so i was just really happy that you know we had we had more great proposals in the queue than we were able to accept i mean that of course is also you know it would have been great if we could have accepted more of those talks but just to have a full pipeline and have a full uh, multi-track two days of conversation and kind of it got all over the map, you know. We had mm-hmm. folks talking about security UX yep. and uh, applying data science, and then sort of the standard kind of, you know, how to how to how to do some of these things right efficiently at scale, um, which was just it was it was really great. I I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I think I heard people talking about 
in particular, the notion of of sort of developing an industry sense of practice and practicum about this beyond where where things have been so far, like as first steps towards sort of developing that. But at the same time, and at the same time, though, every this is going to sound really weird. Everybody just seemed really happy. It was just <laughs> like it was such a great vibe. It was not dour. It wasn't, you know, boring. Granted, it's not a, you know, super edgy hacker conference, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like going to a corporate thing it felt like to me like and that's i mean granted i do a bunch of these you know for o'reilly um but we work really hard to give it that sense and not have like all those networking things it was just like you can be a grown-up and do this work and really think it's super important and also go have like an enjoyable pleasant time talking with your colleagues and peers about this stuff so right i think i would use the word constructive to describe it like uh, at some security events, uh, someone who's a, who works in the defense side, you know, can kind of feel a little bit under attack because that's what's being dis- discussed, attack, and uh, how people are doing it wrong. And this was more like, a, hey, you know what? Let's sit down and talk about how to do this right. And that just engendered a really different spirit of dialogue amongst the participants. Yeah, it was like how to make the most amazing pot of tea instead of reading the leaves after the fact. <laughs> Have you been sitting on that analogy for a few months now? I, or did you just make that up? I'm not lying. If I actually had been sitting on that analogy, I would admit to it, but it did just come to me. So I'm well, going it, 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 it felt very organic. Oh, well, I like my tea organic, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I drink coffee. But anyways... <laughs> Um, so, so that sort of was like the vibe and that was to a certain degree, like some of the content. Um, and so when you and I got together to talk about doing this again, I feel like there's a lot of things that won't change. And I don't think that that should be surprising or shocking. Like if, if the goal is to get better at and refine the practice of defensive security, it's not like it's going to be a completely new set of topics every year. So, so I think some things are are still really sticking around or partly because we're just really discovering a lot more about, I feel like like the data science track that we had last year, ha, that has shifted. Like some of them have shifted a little bit, but it's not like there's these, these revelatory brand new things necessarily. Um, would you agree? Yeah. I, I think thematically we, we picked some pretty broad topics like effect on people. It's <laughs> a huge topic. Yeah. Uh, not small. <laughs> So and then most most of defensive work uh, in the private sector happens in the context of a business. Right. So um, understanding how it fits into the business, even if, as that role may be changing, I think hopefully changing. That's a that's a pretty broad topic. And then uh, uh, about the technology itself, talking about sort of the tools and also data metrics analysis. And sort of that side of it, I think I think those are pretty broad topics. Yep. I think we talked about maybe adding in either as a separate track or kind of as a request more war stories, like yes. more discussions about learnings from the trenches. Yeah. So you know the the big whoops and how the whoops, if you will, gets <laughs> turned into lessons learned and and concrete improvements. Yeah, that was something that was really nice. A few folks really stepped up and talked about how things hadn't been had not been working. Yeah. And then how they got fixed. 
I think there's a real reticence to do that. And it's terrifying. And sometimes there's lawyers. So it's not always as easy as even one might want. But I have watched those kinds of sort of war stories and lessons learned and, and things happen in other in other conferences I've been involved with in other spaces within technology, where it was definitely a love, you know, a higher tides raises more boats kind of thing. You know, and when you're talking about a community of people who are trying to protect more people, that's your end goal. Like, it's not like you're trying to have the most secret R&D, you know, product out there necessarily. And so like that kind of sharing makes us all better at protecting people. And, and like, I, I think the one that really I was happy was uh, it wasn't even it was only a couple of weeks before the conference that the whole DDoS thing happened with Dyne. And Phil, yeah. St- Phil Stanhope from Dyne like showed up and talked about it on the keynote, like on stage, like dished a whole lot of information about that and talked about kind of what happened to the degree that he could and, and, and how they dealt with that and what they'd be doing differently. Um, and I thought that was really pretty remarkable. Yes. And it was absolutely fascinating. To, to just hear him kind of step through it. Yeah. And and in in a lot of ways, why not? It, it, that was the, I mean, it was the kind of thing yeah. that they, the information that they really needed to spell out for customers, let's say, or other stakeholders in that area. So, you know, sort of why not kind of provide that additional context? You can't always do that in a, in a blog post or a press release. So. Yeah. Anyway, that was a that was that was one of my favorite sessions. Yeah. And so <laughs> I hope we can inspire more people to take that leap of faith and and to share some of those. And it, it doesn't have to all be like Schadenfreude, like just you know, here's all the horrible things that happened to us. I mean, everybody loves a little bit of that. Um, but those really those things can actually be instructive. And it's I think that's that sense of they, what people have learned from their own failures is is super compelling. Um, and the, the willingness to share that stuff is only going to help everybody. Right. And, and the real emphasis in the discussions is let's make that better. Let's right. make things better. Yes. So, I mean, when something when something um, bad happens or a mistake is made, that means that gives you like a, you can push off from the wall like you're doing a kick turn and swimming. It gives you something to push off against so that you can actually kind of get to the under, under, other end of the pool and make it better. Another example of someone who was doing things in that spirit in New York was Dan Kaminsky's session where he was actually more kind of galvanizing action around doing something. So when you're sort of doing something in getting people together to make a change or hacking together some kind of um, new tool or software, which is kind of what he was doing. He was kind of sort of proselytizing, like actually hacking some tools together. Uh, and so obviously there, there was sort of a problem to be solved, yeah. so the sort of problem or a thing that's not going that well. And then this is how perhaps we can change it and make improvements. Another example, but kind of in the same spirit of like, Hey, this isn't working well. Let's make it better. Yeah. Which, which really sort of um, infused the event with, I think that that sort of we're all in this together. Let's let's uh, make improvements together. Yeah, and I think he was also trying to get the other piece that was maybe a sub theme of the whole event was you know he was trying to in find ways to make it easier to make security easier. You know, it's really easy for people to yeah. lead with, well, security's hard. And that's kind of like a running joke almost. But turning something on its side, rethinking it from a different perspective, you know, in terms of like, I mean, that, that, that came up in a lot of the, you know, the, the security UX talks was like, 
a lot of times security is hard for end users and it doesn't have to be that right. way. And how could you rethink it from that perspective, which mm -hmm. is is not even like a necessarily a, a very gnarly technical solution. It's just rethinking the way that would work for users that makes it easier for them, which makes everybody safer. Right. Uh, a design hack yeah. instead of making it uh, about doing doing more, exactly. adding more technology on top, a design hack to actually kind of cut through and simplify. Yeah, possibly fewer blinky lights. <laughs> Maybe. Had you been sitting on the kick turn metaphor or is that like off the cuff too? No, that was totally, that was totally organic, but I think it went swimmingly. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> more puns. <laughs> so more puns. puns in the proposals. That's my, I guess that's my request. We're not going to lie. Proposal puns. Don't give us horrible titles, but proposal puns will probably, um, we're not, that's not going to hurt. I'm not going to lie. After um, going through a couple hundred reviews, it's always fun to get, you know, something a little spirited. Yeah. An iambic pentameter or what have you. So what, like, what do you want to see? Is there anything you, you'd like you'd love to see in that CFP? Anything that would catch your eye? Uh, well, uh, let's see. So I think that I would like to hear more about what people are doing for end users. That's my particular passion. And then I am also interested to hear how folks are putting their, their big data mm -hmm. to work for them. Uh, you know, I'm not, I, don't really like sort of the mystical, magical um, machine learning type yes. uh, proposals, but I do like to hear about how folks have, um, you know, actually seen results from things. So I, those types of, those types of things, user focused or focused on uh, data and automation and putting those to work. Those are the, those are the kinds of things that I like to hear about. Uh, I also am a quant. Mm -hmm. uh, I come, you know, on the quant side of the house. So I do also like to uh, hear about folks who've, you know, figured out how to quantify impact or measure or analyze complex systems or situations and sort of distill those down. Those are, I find those artful, if you will. How about you? Are there, are there any talks you're hoping wiggle their way in? Yeah, well, I share a, a, you know, sort of a user focus in the sense that my bent, you know, sort of uh, academically once upon a time and, and also still interest has really been in cognitive science and human factors. And so from the user experience side, I am really interested in things that people are doing from that sort of human factors perspective. I have a, what's the word I want? Vendetta? Is that too strong? <laughs> Um, against a vendetta. a vendetta against the notion um, of human error, I would like to see oh. some people who have um, overcome this particular way of thinking about their systems, th these complex systems of people and computers that work together on a day to day basis. I would really I would be that that's something that I think I would like to hear more of. And yeah, I'm a data nerd too, a uh, recovering scientist. I think after, I think if you ever go, go to get your PhD, you're never not recovering. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah, we did see a lot of machine learning proposals last year. And some of them were, I feel like, like you said, sort of outside the realm of what seems to make sense for sort of a, a normal organization of people with a sane security program. Um, I mean, sane, I mean, like sane in size, like you, not everybody has a giant, you know, 
security uh, team and people who can do this kind of stuff. So, um, so sort of more, not, I'll get to the small business thing in a minute too, but like smaller organizations, like for a group that doesn't have that kind of capacity or that kind of skill set, like how, what kinds of approaches to data analysis can those kinds of organizations use to still, you know, to still have to take that kind of an approach. And then the other one was, and I think we snuck this in there. I think we did actually explicitly mention this, but I really got tipped on to issues of security for small businesses. Um, it's really easy being in the tech industry. You work for Google. I work for, you know, it's really easy to have the blinders on for, um, you know, really sort of bleeding edge or forward thinking kind of technology companies. But the reality is so much of day-to-day business is done in these small businesses. And I had to had to admit, I hadn't really thought about that until Jesse Irwin, she spoke at the conference last year, and she came on the podcast with me recently. I would like to hear some really pragmatic, useful um, ideas and approaches that are reasonable and implementable um, for those kinds of organizations. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a good one. That's it's always a hot topic too because yeah. a lot of the techniques that we're talking about, the things where you know design is being considered, you know, as a as a part of the product design process, you're trying to design security in for end users or leverage data in clever ways. Those types of things scale up far more readily than they scale down. So I, I make that point a lot that it's not even just a question of sort of resourcing. When you are an organization with a smaller footprint, some of those things um, and techniques that are used at uh, large, high-scale organizations just aren't going to work. <laughs> you could have the best data scientist on your payroll, but if you if you only you know if you have a small sort of um, data footprint, then those aren't going necessarily going to help you out. But there is still a lot of automation that you can use, and maybe some strategies specifically for small businesses, which I haven't seen very much of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and and another topic actually that you sort of reminded me of that we actually had to kind of um, seek out last year are more on the business side. Um, we're not really a compliance event, but but considerations around privacy, some of which are compliance driven, some of which are more design driven, mm-hmm. uh, were things where we kind of had to go and sort of pull those voices into the discussions because that's a, where privacy and security meet is a sort of an interesting space. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other things we had to pull in, you know, like the things that we teased out that we didn't see show up as much. Um, I feel like that was one of the one of the better ones. And on the business side, like I think we still had to kind of hunt more for that than I thought we would. And I think there are a lot of people who are doing smart things to help figure out how to to get, you know, to integrate security and business teams better. So I, I, I think there I think the other thing and I've had so many people tell me this at other conferences like Velocity. As I'll go, to, I'll I'll see some, something someone's doing, or they'll tell someone. I like, God, that's really interesting. You should you should submit a talk on. They're like, Oh God, nobody wants to hear this stuff. And I I would encourage people to tell that little voice in their head to just sh- just shut up, because um, <laughs> it's not. You'd be tell that sh- voice to shut up. To shut yeah, up. Use your other voice. Have that voice yeah. speak up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, we all have those little voices. Well, you know, I think. Security is just such a broader concern. We used to live in a world where everything was IT security and there were security engineers and security analysts and, you know, firewall admins and DFIR folks. And and actually, it kind of takes a village Mm -hmm. to raise a cyber or something. (laughs) Oh, man, that is going to come back to 
It really is a cyber. But you know, there, there's it's it's interdisciplinary because ultimately where we're at now is that it's not just a technology problem. Because if it was just a technology problem, we wouldn't we wouldn't um, we would be done by now. We would just apply the right technology to the technology problem, <laughs> and we could all go home. But it's a human problem. Threat actors are humans, they're motivated, and then you have, and then people are a, sort of a vector of vulnerability just as much as the systems and data are, hence, you know, social engineering still works. In fact, a lot of compromises are driven by phishing. So mm-hmm. it's a human problem. And so there are more techniques that sort of need to be brought to bear, which is why we're considering design and UX, we're considering sort of, um, the, the business angles and what have you. And so I think that that's hopeful, but the people who are thinking about the problem in these sort of unique and different ways might not think of themselves as security people. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the, uh, there were a couple of interesting talks last year too, that were more along the lines of like economics and incentives. Um, it would be super cool to, to hear from more people <laughs> thinking on that. Uh, Absolutely. So um, so I do. Yeah, that's a great point as well. And it is it is all, all I've always said that uh, all technology problems are actually people problems. But in this case, in particular, uh, more much more so. Probably true. I really wish we could fix all technology problems with tech, like just apply the right technology, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just, just wrap it all up in encryption. <laughs> and containers. It will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the, there were some containers. There was some popular container stuff from last year. People are definitely interested in that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's moving to the cloud. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well, not really yet, but <laughs> but they're they're trying. They're good. But it's the it's the it's the way the tide is going. So you know, not everybody is there yet. It doesn't meet everyone's needs yet. But it's it's a it's a hot topic, and that's you know. I think that's going to continue to be true. What else can cloud do for us to help us Yeah. rather than have us all have to manage these discrete systems? Let's, you know, make it someone else's problem. <laughs> Put it in the cloud where that makes sense, of course. And actually one of the, so there were a couple of container things that were in, you know, really popular last year. Jesse Frizzell's, her talk was, was one of the ones and some Docker and, and then there was a microservices uh, tutorial that was really popular. I thought one of the talks that was really, I'm glad was really popular last year um, was uh, building effective alerting from the Etsy folks. Did you see that one? Uh, I think I saw part of it. So I think that was Kenneth Lee. Yeah. That was, yeah. And that one was like, I feel like one of, was very in line with what we're talking about, about taking something that could be incredibly complex. Um, you know, the, the, especially like companies that do have large volumes of data um, and they have some, you know, Etsy has some pretty elegant solutions they would they do a lot of thinking about operational stuff they're one of the original devops sort of houses they are indeed but instead of you know they really try to cut figure out ways to quite literally they're cut through the noise and so i think that's an example of one of those kinds of talks where um and they're talking about a tool they built there's open source but i felt like there were there were also just approaches to dealing with data whether you used their tool or not or at that scale or not like they provided approaches to dealing with large amounts of data that were super useful to people, no matter what, like no matter whether they were at that, like I said, like at that scale or using those kinds of open source tools. So I think those kind of talks that can walk that line where there might be finer 
art and science to what they're doing, but that they can distill some general, you know, operating principles for people. I think those that's really the kind of thing that we're looking for. So the videos, the videos from last year's talks are online somewhere? Yeah, well, so the keynotes are out and about in the wild. Um, the there's if pe- people were, were able to sort of post their own and anybody who spoke at the conference could post the video wherever they so chose. Mm-hmm. And then the full volume of that of the videos are on uh, O'Reilly on our Safari um, subscription platform which people can get a free okay. trial to. Ding. Um, I don't want to plug that too hard. Um, but yeah, like, and people can go and see some of those. And they actually, um, we have lots of little excerpts from those that we've been running on the O'Reilly site as well, sort of outside of the, the Safari subscription zone. So um, if, there's a, if they go to O'Reilly and search um, for, like, say, O'Reilly Security Podcast, this thing, they will get to the page where lots of those things show up. And so we tend to excerpt and um, highlight those videos there so people can kind of crawl back through there and find some of those as well. Awesome. And if they do sort of go out about probing on the web looking for content, one of the things that they will find is some articles or blog posts that we put together talking about how to game the CFP process, how to uh, get your talk accepted, how to hack it. Yes. And then also we we published some numbers uh, and and some metrics from the CFP last year to provide a little bit more transparency into into how it worked. Um, And so I think the key points from the CFP is first round is blind. So even though um, uh, submitters are sort of asked for some information up front, the reviewers don't actually see much more than the uh, title, abstract, and outline. I think that there were sort of like three things that we were able to look at, and they were all content. They weren't anything about the submitter. Yep. Uh, so... And That's we actually ask people to one. help us sort of obs- uh, obscure that even like the, the description, you know, don't say at Google, we did this. Um, and it gets, it yeah. gets, you know, it's a little challenging, but um, we're really committed to, to that first round of blind reviews. Right. So that means that we're, we're, we're very focused on the content as opposed to sort of who the submitter is or who they work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also really like folks who provide sort of uh, something practical that it's sort of clear what the takeaways will be for the audience. The sort of theoretical uh, researchy talks didn't get as um, highly graded by us because it's sort of unclear potentially what the takeaways were. And I get this question a lot. Someone says, I don't have any new research. You know, I've had things that have been published elsewhere, but I don't have new research. That's not a requirement, actually. Mm-hmm. We're because our emphasis is on pragmatic. I think tried and true goes yeah. a lot further with this crowd than you know, um, awesome new sort of zero day level research. Yep. And I will put my editorial hat on with that and say, don't bury the lead, y'all. Like that, these three weird tricks, and you don't tell us what the three weird tricks are. It's just mystery. Mystery does not help you. Um, in this case, we want to know what that you're going to get on that stage and help people walk away at the end of the day with information and knowledge and tools that they did not have before they sat down to listen to you talk. Right. That's a that's a good one. Sort of tell us what you're going to tell us. Yes. Don't make us guess or sort of um, trust that your expertise, which we won't know because we won't know who you are, <laughs> exactly. is going to fill in those links. 
And I, I, I mean, I will say I have this, I do have a deeply held belief that someone who takes, who's willing to take the time to write a really well-crafted, really well-thought-out proposal is the kind of person who's going to write a really great and deliver a really great talk. Those things go hand right. in hand. That's right. Don't phone it in. Yeah. So. Don't phone it in. Um, cool. So I, I think one other thing that I wanted to, to touch on about, about the CFP is, so if you're listening to this podcast, you sort of. You've done some homework trying to figure out maybe what the vibe of the event is going to be. I think that if I were to summarize it, I would say that it's open. It is warm, like friendly. Welcoming. uh, Welcoming, right? All of those things. Defense focused. We're not kidding around. (laughs) It is about it is about it is about defense and protecting systems. Understanding how attacks work, we totally agree, is is important. But then there's a dot, dot, dot. So, okay, this attack is really important. Everyone needs to defend again. And the dot, dot, dot is, okay, now that we know about this attack, what do we do? So I think that if you are if you are on the fence right now listening to this saying, well, I have an idea. It's defense related. You know, I, it worked for me, uh, but I'm not sure if I should submit to the this event the answer is yes yes you should please you submit. definitely should um yes. we we would we would love to hear your idea and you know we thank everyone who provides a submission we we really we really appreciate it so i feel like we're at the beginning of something that could be really quite big and taking a sort of what i feel like is a ideologically unified tribe to a certain degree and that everybody you know people who are working on defensive security are like trying to build safe you know safe systems and places and help protect people but there's not a place for those people yet right, right. like the, so we want to build that place and have everyone help us make that become the thing because it's 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 an event but it, it hopefully stretches over time that is sort of that larger unifying um I, I'm struggling for words. Thing, I can't just be, help me, Allie. <laughs> give me better words. You're my only hope. Uh, we're, we're we're. I think we're really sort of redefining um, defensive security. Is <laughs> making it less defensive. As for one yes. for one thing, like it's we're we're opening up discussions about how to defend systems, and that is broadening the conversations. And so I think what you're describing is that year one, it was awesome. It was great. But it was also kind of a, you know, it's like a world premiere. We're poking our head out, uh, you know, up above the trying up above the horizon, trying to get a sense Mm of of what the of what the landscape is. And the answer is that there is a lot going on in this space. And we are really excited that we're going to be. Um, bringing these voices into uh, discussions about security and privacy going forward. Yep, out of the shadows and into the light for sure. Our origin myth. We've we've written we've written the first few pages of our origin myth, basically. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about it, um, and I'm. It, I mean, I'm. We're so thrilled that this is happening again this year. Um, I think that's a great sign, and uh, and I we're just please people. If you think you have a good idea, we want to hear it. Yes. See you in Gotham. Halloween. <laughs> Bring your bat wings. <laughs> Calling all defenders. Oh, gosh. We do. We need like a sound. I don't know. We'll work a on sound? it. sound? Like, yeah. like pow? 
Shazam. Shazam. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Kablooey. God. Oh, I think it's too late in the day and I've had too much coffee. Oh, Zing. But... <laughs> yes. That's oh, it's better than wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Courtney, it's awesome to chat with you again. A I'm year later, a year into this adventure. We are both crazy enough and smart enough um, and uh, and brave gosh enough to do it again. It. And everyone's going to join. And gosh darn it, everyone's going to join us. It'll be great. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Allie, so much. I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Courtney Nash and Allison is at Selena Kyle. You can subscribe to the security podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn or SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. Mm-hmm.